Hi, Shannon. Hello. <laughs> what are you drinking? Um, it is a, I'm going to sound super bougie, venti iced brown sugar oat milk shake and espresso with an extra pump of brown sugar because it, it really makes a big difference, let me tell you. But on my Starbucks expedition today, I went to two of them and neither one of them had the exact ingredients. So I settled for the one Starbucks that at least had oat milk, but not the right espresso. So I am now that person. I never thought I'd ever be that person that can literally taste the difference between her coffee based on what espresso beans I use. But I get this <laughs> so often now because, you know, caffeine is life that now I know okay. exactly what it's supposed to taste like. And when it doesn't taste like that, it makes me sad. <laughs> I love that for you. Um, also, you're not that basic because you're not drinking anything pumpkin spice. So, okay, I may or may not have something pumpkin spice in my refrigerator right now, though. That's that's okay. okay. It, it is. It is pumpkin spice season. Let the white chicks have the pumpkin spice. You know. Yeah. I always say it's <laughs> spooky season to start mm, like mid August to end of August because it's spooky season. It's and it's life, and it never lasts long enough. That's true. It could be all year round. Yeah. I um, whenever, whenever the Halloween decorations start to go out and like the, the back to school shit goes away, that's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, well, thank you for asking. My hair looks great today. I actually, Lexi was saying too, and she saw you earlier. She's like, I really like her hair in a braid. Yeah. You know how I got this to look so good? What? I haven't washed my hair. <laughs> <laughs> It's all natural oil. <laughs> yeah. So tomorrow's like hair washing day, but today it's not that day. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted, I don't braid my hair off. So I just wanted to let everyone know that I'm a filthy person. So it's totally fine. Um, I have a little, not a surprise, but kind of a surprise for you. It's not new for the listeners. It's maybe new for you. Um, and I kind of wanted to go over some little stats because I like to shout people out. And um so there's this i i don't know how it happened but somehow we turned into this running competition between like where our most listeners are going to come from mm -hmm. um and in the united states the original fight was between like pennsylvania and nebraska and stuff like that and so nebraska's dropped a little bit pennsylvania stayed steady but california has taken a jump and arizona has taken a hit so California is coming for Arizona's top listener spot because right now our top listeners are in Arizona and then California is number two and California being California is like, we're not going to do that. We're not going to be number two. So just letting you guys know that you're on the track um, to be, to knock out Arizona, which is where we're currently from. So I'm, well, you're representing AZ. I'm representing California right now. So. <laughs> I know. Well, I've started to finally kind of like, I don't know, because, you know, obviously I changed my job this year. And so I'm starting to really get to know, obviously, all my coworkers and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. let me tell you, I mean, us ER nurses, man, I mean, we listen to some. <laughs> the amount of the amount of nurses I work with, they're like, oh, yeah, I love murder podcasts. I'm like, <laughs> it's a thing. I swear. It's like, I mean, you either have you're covered in tattoos like myself and you work in the ER. Like that's half of our population right there. Like I literally have patients that are like, is that like a job requirement for here? I'm like. <laughs> it's preferred yeah and then either that or apparently we just listen to murder and death and all sorts of things and that's that's our jam i guess well there's a really cool podcast called medical murders have you ever heard of it mm -mm. 
Okay, well, I swear, like, half of this podcast is me reviewing other podcasts. Maybe <laughs> that should be, like, a spinoff series. But, yeah, so it's called Medical Murders. Um, it's really cool. So it's this guy and his his co-host is a doctor. And uh-huh. so they go through, like, crimes that have happened. Like, they've covered, um, like, Jack the Ripper. Or they've covered some other, like, notorious, like, serial killers and non-serial killers. And he talks about it, obviously, from the podcast perspective and then, the doctor friend will jump in and he'll kind of talk about like the medical side of things, or, like the history of stuff. And like, it's actually really cool. Um, I'll have to listen to that then. I'm right. sure someone in the ER listens to it. I'm sure someone does. I tell people all the time, like, you know, nurses really know how to murder people. Let me tell you in various different ways. <laughs> so you're welcome. That we just choose not to. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, my husband, Sean is very much like John. I feel like in that they just, they silently just let us do our thing, you know, like slightly concerned though, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least they know that we won't kill them. Uh, not yet, at least. <laughs> so legal reasons. <laughs> so um, eventually we can go back and forth, but I just wanted to give a little shout out to our psych patients and where they're from. Um, I haven't thought of any new hospital names, so I don't know if you have, but I haven't. I've dropped the ball but we have um so we'll start in the united states so we have hello to everybody in arizona california pennsylvania nebraska north carolina texas virginia florida maryland new york washington new jersey south carolina michigan oklahoma i almost said oakland and that is not a state uh, oregon huh like, but is it <laughs> nope pretty sure it's safe. <laughs> I thought they're like, no, yeah, it's like a state. <laughs> I mean, California, it's basically its own country, at least in the payroll world. Um, so Oklahoma, Oregon, New Hampshire, and Illinois. So we have 18 out of 50 states. I would love us to hit 50. Yeah. I'm not going to say, I mean, we wanted to, I, I've kind of figured that, um, I mean, the beauty of this podcast is the amount of technical issues and technical stupidity makes it so much more known for everyone like if we can do it anyone can really do it um and part of moving to a new platform will help us better track our actual like listener count because i don't think what we have is accurate so um i had set a goal to hit over 200 and i'm pretty sure we are over 200 like because i don't think these are actually accurate it doesn't pull all the data from every source so um we'll see where we're at once we finally get this under control Hello to all of our Canadian listeners in Ontario and British Columbia, our listeners in Mexico, Sweden, and Norbotten, our Nigerian listeners, our French listeners in Grand Est, and our Irish, gosh, I can't talk, Irish listeners in Kona. So thank you all so much for being here. We really, really appreciate you. And if you don't like where you're currently ranked in the United States, because I'm amazed that we even have foreign listeners to begin with. Um, but in the US, if you don't like where you're ranked, then do something about it because California is doing something about it. And I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. So if you want to go up, share, like, subscribe, and do all the fun stuff. Five-star reviews on wherever you listen to the podcast if you can. It really helps the show. It takes like half a second. You have no idea how, how much that is. A huge help. So I just wanted to give a little shout out to um, everyone listening because we love you guys. And you can totally send us an email at takhtvpodcast at gmail.com because we still haven't got one that makes me bad. <laughs> so and then we can do all the fun little where else can you find us at the end of the show so um 
it's your episode this week. I'm just going to be on Chill Town and just sit back and relax and listen. Okay. Bear with me, you guys. This is my first time researching something like this. But I told Darcy, I really hope she doesn't have to edit too much for this whole week. Um, so I decided since last week, I was really inter- interested in it. I think you did a really awesome job at like something super kind of gory and like crazy. Um, that I would kind of pull something that I was really interested in that I knew you also would be too, but just because of what piques your interest. So what we are going to be talking about today is something a little bit, it's not necessarily murder, but very dark history-ish and kind of along the lines of like psychology and really looking at um, different characters and maybe why they were created the way they were. Um, So we are going to go over the real dark history of Peter Pan. So fun. Oh my gosh, could you like a whole Disney series? I mean, what people don't really understand is like, I started, the more I researched, I went kind of down this rabbit hole of a lot of the really old original Disney movies and stories really come from very dark, dark, dark origins that are very (laughs) kind of concerning. But Disney did this amazing way of just kind of putting a little bow on it, making it a fairy tale. But if you really (laughs) think about it as an adult now, you're like, wow. So that's why we're going to talk about Peter Pan. So I wanted to ask you, Darcy, how familiar are you with the Peter Pan story? I only know the Disney version. I don't really know. I've, <clears throat> like, I've heard some stuff of like, you know, I've, I've heard like some other things. But I don't really know the origin of the Peter Pan story. I just really know what Disney has put out there. So not a whole lot. I know the dark origins of Sleeping Beauty. or <laughs> not Peter Pan. <laughs> yeah, there's, I mean, we could go on and on and on and on, seriously. So Peter Pan, um, when you watch it as an adult, um, because obviously a lot of us have Disney Plus now, um, so it's a great platform to watch some of the really old school Disney movies. Um, It is, it just has a very odd story, I should say. Um, So it was originally written by a man named James Matthew Barry. We'll lovingly call him Barry for the most part. Um, He was born in 1860 and he died in 1937 from pneumonia. Um, Barry is really kind of, I want to look at him psychologically with you because I feel like a lot of the issues of Peter Pan, he feared (laughs) from himself. So that's kind of like the precedence of Peter Pan here. So just a little background on Barry. Um, he did have parents that loved him. Um, he was one of 10 siblings, but, um, he's kind of surrounded by a lot of tragedies. So pretty early on too. So a lot of death. Um, Two of his siblings didn't live past infancy. Um, So that's a huge thing. So think Peter Pan, remember? Um, He had an older brother named David. um, And I mean, I don't want to say that I'm the favorite, but I feel like family (laughs) mothers do kind of have a favorite. I think you are. Yeah. Mm, Thanks. Um, My sister's the favorite, so it's fine. (laughs) But Maybe it's like the baby thing. I don't know. But David was older than Barry, um, James Matthew Barry. And it was his mother's favorite child. Um, so another real big tragedy in the family to hit when he was very young was that when um, it was just two days before, I believe, David's birthday, he was going to be turning 14. He was ice skating with some friends. I guess one of the ice skaters, like, I don't know if they like were doing a trick or whatever, hit him. He fell back onto the ice and literally cracked his skull and died. 
Okay, I was ready for like a slit throat. I was pretty <laughs> but it was just, I don't know. She's in- like, they ran into each other and <laughs> fell back and just perfectly smacked his skull like super hard. I guess he was like <sighs> unconscious for a few days, kind of like in a coma type state. And granted, this was, you know, obviously way back in the day. Um, eventually he just succumbed to it and died. Um, so yeah, at the, basically the age of 14. Um, so that really, like I said, that was his mother's favorite child, kind of put her into like a very deep depression. Um, and then Barry, James Matthew Barry being the younger child, kind of really saw this and felt like my my childhood's being taken away, you know, like I don't have the mother that I really need. Um, you know, and at the same sense too, he's like, Wow, my brother, I feel like he's since he died, he gets to stay a child forever, right? He's forever okay. at that age of fourteen, right? I've seen it. Starting. This is all starting on this little path to Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that was his younger early tragedies. Um, so James Matthew Barry, he did get married in 1894 to a woman named Mary Ansel. Um, Barry was an interesting character, and we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, he never had children of his own, and some speculations say, too, that he never actually consummated their marriage at all. <laughs> Uh, literally told her we can have a dog but not a child so it's interesting fair yeah so it's interesting they ended up needless to say getting divorced it looks like in 1909 um a lot of people say it's because he didn't want to have kids and she really did um the fun fact is though is that barry actually truly loved children and we'll get into that too the the theory behind it is though is that he's almost as a person was like an asexual person possibly or they're thinking gay um which back in the day was something that nobody talked about at all um so they just kind of assumed that barry was just different he was just a different kind of guy um but yeah so they said he never really had the desire to he wanted children but to make children (laughs) go through it do the dirty (laughs) anyway so Getting into when he starts writing Peter Pan, um, originally it was written in 1902, and it was called The Little White Bird. This is the first time the Peter Pan character comes to light. Um, It takes place in a place called um, London's Kensington Gardens. So this early rendition only has Peter Pan as a very small character in a larger story. Um, And what we'll see is that as Barry gets popular in his writing, he noticed that it was the Peter Pan character that really everybody focused on. So every other kind of story kind of went to the wayside. But looking at his early stories are like the red flags. <laughs> <laughs> red flags all over. Anyways, so The Little White Bird originally actually was about um, a boy that, um, I'll show you, you'll have to edit this one out. Okay, so The Little White Bird was originally based on a novel that a the main character, the narrator, was in a garden, found this kid named um, David, it looks like. And then, how do I describe this perfectly without literally... Hold on. I'm just going to read it by verbatim off of what I wrote here. 
Okay. So Little White Bird was based off of a story. It's literally called Fuck. <laughs> Words. Words. <laughs> Words are harsh. <sighs> okay. In the story, a little white bird, a boy named David becomes friends with a narrator who also pretends that he had a son who died. He makes up a lie to gain the sympathy of David's parents. The narrator then gets really excited when David's mom was like duped, like, oh, two. Um, Now he's allowed to take David literally utterly from his parents and make him mine. So, I mean, this to me sounds like kidnapping a child. Nothing. (laughs) Literally. Um, but the way that he becomes friends with this child to kind of like get him away from his parents was by telling the story of Peter Pan. So he's in this garden with this child that's not his and is telling the story of um, Peter Pan, who, you know, we all know and love. So the little white bird just had like a narrator telling the story of Peter Pan. Uh, when the book came out, people were like, oh, this Peter Pan, they had fairies, they had a garden, like we need to hear more about Peter Pan. So that's when he started building more stories that really hyper-focused on that. But like red flag right there, you're literally writing your first book about going to a garden, literally kidnapping a child, saying that like, oh, I lost a child, but you really, he really didn't just so that he can make him mine. Weird. It's very Pied Pipery. Right. So it's, it's very weird. Like you, it's, it's dark and it's like, it's a little concerning. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. David, is that the name of his brother? Yes. Okay. Okay. I figured. Okay. So he names the main character after his brother. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. Okay. So it almost kind of sounds like he is bringing him back. Like, that's how I take it. Like, like a, like a hunter. Back to life. Yeah. Yeah. And like, make him mine. I don't know if that has to, like, he would be like, now my, be my kid all of a sudden. Yeah. And I don't know why. Be mine thing is a little weird, but I don't know if like bring him back to like be my child, maybe to regain a child that he felt he lost when his brother died. Yeah, but that whole thing was a lie. So that's where it's like you're lying having yeah. a child that died just so you can gain the trust of a child and tell him the story about Peter Pan, who is a boy that lives forever and is young forever. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, really creepy. I guess when you actually read the book, it's a really creepy vibe. Like it's just something off about it but you know back then society was different so they were just like oh this wonderful story of peter pan um kidnapping got it (laughs) yeah so as it became popular they're like okay back then plays were a huge thing so let's make this a play so he's like okay we gotta we gotta edit some things here because apparently you know he realized that maybe i should make this a little different more acceptable for society or whatever it may be um, so they started the play, um, and they, he also kind of wrote the next story, which is the more about Peter Pan, which was called Peter and Wendy. Um, and this is around the year of 1911. Um, of course, Wendy, like when you look at the movie too, she kind of is like a motherly figure. She really wants Peter Pan to be more responsible and caring for the lost boys and stuff like that. Um, and is a, is concerned about, you know, losing her mom and like losing that childhood but with her mother and growing up basically and she she realized like okay it's not okay to be a child forever like we do need to grow up Mm -hmm. um but the reason why these stories were so popular back then is that there was this fascination in that time period of like boyhood um so i I don't i don't know what it was about it but you know obviously males back then were like 
the priority, you know, let's be honest, you know, with, with females, we've come a long way. Um, so this whole boyhood was like really, really, and people were concerned that boys are getting too soft and like losing their wildness. Um, and that needed to be preserved. And I guess like, you know, obviously if you watch Peter Pan, he's kind of kind of like a little asshole if you think about it. Like, oh yeah, he's a dick. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a little asshole, but he's wild, so it's okay. <laughs> um, so, and this is where like with the play, Captain Hook comes in and there's some speculation that, um, that uh, he kind of, Davies kind of, or Barry kind of, sorry. That'll have to be edited too. Um, they say that Captain Hook kind of came in based off of the plays and stuff like that. So somebody said in one of the articles that I was researching that the big thing that Captain Hook came in was with the plays, you think you have all those like crazy backdrops and stuff like that. They wanted uh, to be able to create a scene that would allow them, the stage hands to kind of change the background in the back. So they wanted something that could be forward. So here, come, there, here comes Barry and he's like, let's do a pirate ship. Let's make Captain mm -hmm. Hook. Um, <laughs> but there's another part that I'll tell you too, where we think maybe Captain Hook kind of was created as well within Barry's life. Um, so that's kind of like the backstory with Peter Pan. Um, of course, obviously, a little bit later on too, uh, Disney picks it up and kind of puts their little twists and stuff on it. Basically, over the years, from the original The Little White Bird, to the Peter Pan we know, a lot of it was kind of changed and taken out because I think some people didn't realize how dark it was and how it kind of wasn't okay in a lot of ways. Um, but still, even if you watch the movie nowadays, it still is not okay in a lot of ways. All right. So what I want to talk to you about next, this is where it starts to get really, really concerning and dark, is a part of Barry's life where he meets the, it's called the Llewellyn Davies family. So they are also known as the Lost Boys. Oh, okay. So their names are George, John, who I guess was called Jack, Peter, Michael, and Nicholas, who was called Nico. Um, he very first met, so um, George and Jack, who were four and five years old at the time. So in roughly like 1898, I think it was, while they were playing in Kensington Gardens. So here's these two boys playing in a garden. Okay. Remember the original story? Mm -hmm. And he was quote unquote charmed by the boys was he was watching them play in this garden playground area. Okay. Um, Barry then befriended the mother whose name was Sylvia. And he also got to meet Arthur who was the father. And sources say that Arthur was like less impressed by Barry, I guess. He was like, oh, okay, it's this guy. Cool, but I guess the mom was like, he's great with kids. Like, oh my gosh, like he's so wonderful. Was this before the story came out or after the story came out? Before? Uh, 1898, so before the story came out. Okay, that tracks. Yes. So this this is kind of like why these the Little White Bird came out and all these stories came out. It's it. because of the Llewellyn Davies family uh, is my theory. Um, so yeah, Barry literally meets children in a playground park garden. Um, so I guess he, they became so close, um, him and the mother, Sylvia, um, that they go on vacations together. They, they go to different like lake houses and Barry has different estates, all this, they're all doing this together. Mind you, they just met in a garden, random. <laughs> Wait, so, is it him and the wife or him and the kids? All of them, the whole family, like uh, they, okay. 
<laughs> yeah, they end up literally calling him Uncle Uncle Jim because his first name was James. He went by Jim. So they literally called him Uncle Jim. This okay, I feel a little better with the whole family being there. <laughs> yes, but it gets worse. It gets worse, dude. So yeah, imagine just like being in a park with your children and this guy comes up and starts playing with your kids. I mean, I would never be like, oh, he's so wonderful. Right. I mean, I guess like back then, maybe that wasn't such a big deal. But like today, I'd be like, do you not have children here as well? Like red flags. <laughs> red flags. Big red flags. So yeah, they call him Uncle Jim. Anyways, remember how I said tragedy kind of follows Barry? Well, here comes more tragedy again. Um, in 1907, so remember they met, he met the children in 1898. So not shortly, too, too long after, less than 10 years. Um, Arthur Llewellyn Davies, which is the father, dies of uh, jaw cancer. So 1907. Okay. Then 1910, only three years later, Sylvia dies, the mother of lung cancer. So now both mom and dad are dead of these five boys. Um, I guess when Sylvia was uh, dying, she wrote like a letter, like a will that she sent to Barry. Um, and I will literally read it off to you. So it said, what I would like would be if Jimmy would come to Mary and that the two together would be looking after the boys. So Uncle Jim, also Jimmy, that's what supposedly that letter said. Now, what a lot of people really think though, what makes more sense is that Mary is was the nanny of the children. Um, she had a sister named Jenny, not Jimmy. So what they're thinking is that she wanted to say Jenny and Mary to take the children, not right. Jimmy and Mary. So they're saying that he changed it to say Jimmy instead of Jenny. Yeah. Why so not? I I think that's plausible considering all of his past and even just the red flags with his stories that he writes and mm -hmm. and all that. I mean, it would it would follow suit with the the misleading of the mom. Like I know in the story, like he he tricks the mom to gain her trust, but in this way, if he forged or rewrote a part of her will, he's tricking everybody else. It's, it follows the same suit. Exactly. Like he's literally writing stories about things that he's doing, basically. And then mm -hmm. making it more of like a fairy tale. Right. Oh, so, okay. yeah. Then let's see. The tragedy continues in 1915. So George Llewellyn Davies, which is the oldest of the five boys, um, dies fighting in World War I. And then sadly, the one that breaks my heart is in 1921, Michael Llewellyn Davies, which he's one of the middle ones. I think he's the second to youngest, um, drowns in a lake with a friend. Oh, so, Yeah. Um, but the sad part is he was like college age. So he wasn't super, super young. Um, when I was researching it, it made me sad because what they say is that they think it was like a suicide pact. So he was with a male friend and they were found like clutching each other. Um, and they think mm -hmm. that they were actually lovers and that they made a suicide pact because obviously back then being right. homeless one day was not a thing. It was super frowned upon. You had to literally do it in secrecy. And I think that it really played on both of them and then they ended up doing that suicide pact so damn yeah sad it gave me chills I, have I know so sad. i love the fact that we live in the days that we do now because looking back at this history like it, that's just awful like people people shouldn't feel that way oh yeah 
Um, and then finally in 1960, so fast forward, this is like right before Barry would be turning 100 because he was born in 1860. Um, Peter Llewellyn Davies, um, who obviously outlives Barry, um, he was a, he was like kind of like the most successful out of the five boys. Um, he was like a publisher and all sorts of stuff. He kind of voiced his opinion on Peter Pan and how it became popular. He was never really a fan of it. He knew kind of that Barry probably used his name. He doesn't know why, because he wasn't like Barry's favorite or anything like that by any means. But I think Barry just liked the name Peter, whatever. Um, but he really, there was something about that Peter Pan story that really bothered him. They people say, and right before it would have been Barry's hundred hundred year birthday, um, he jumped in front of a subway train and committed suicide. Interesting. Yeah. So I think he was suffering from something that a lot of people didn't know or nobody knew besides him and probably the five boys or that family um that mm-hmm. really on him and then he just couldn't take it anymore. Um but yeah, that's just kind of like speculation, but it it with all the red flags and everything else, kind of makes sense. So there's no, like, no one has any, like, theories as to, like, why he might have committed suicide? Uh, Peter? Which one? Oh, Peter's the one that jumped in front of the train. Peter's the one that jumped in front of the train. Oh, I thought it Michael, was uh, Michael Barry. is the okay. one that yeah. Peter is the one that jumped in <gasps> right before oh, Peter. Yeah, right before his, uh, Barry's 100th birthday. Um, so yeah, there's Michael that committed suicide and Peter, um, definitely a far apart though. Cause one was in 1921, mm-hmm. one was in 1960, but, um, something about the story, Peter Pan, just, it doesn't add up. But <sighs> you look... <laughs> Can't, sorry, dogs, you know, <laughs> you have a dog. Well, we're at, obviously we're at the Bandera's house, but she's got two dogs. And one of them is named Scamp, and that's who is being run shifts in the background. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. So it, it really, you wonder what Barry did to the children. You know, I don't. Uh-huh. My question for you is, do you think some people say that he was innocent? He didn't do anything to harm the children. He meant good. But what is your opinion on Barry? Do you think he's a like a good guy or a bad guy? I don't necessarily think he's either. Um, I think he knew at a young age that he wasn't his mom's favorite. And he probably didn't understand why. Um, you know, very similar to when like me and Jordan were kids and like Mandy would beat me up and then go play with Jordan. And I was like, but what? Like, we have the same mom and dad. Why do you hate me and love her? And then the answer just never gets resolved. And when his brother died, he then had a moment of like, I'm never going to get my mom back. And because of his death, my whole life has been changed. Like he's, it just sounds like he probably had a, a fine upbringing, but knew that his mom favored one brother over the other. And so there's probably a piece of the parental guidance in his life that he never got. And so he probably saw his life before the death of his brother as like, that was probably when I was the most happiest in my life. And he could never let that go. And so he got older, he always probably envied and loved that probable age in children of like, it's their age of innocence and they're living in their life and like they have no worries, whatever. And he wanted to do that himself and like live vicariously through them. And so probably hence some of the stories. And I think he just enjoyed being around that which probably also meant 
he probably wanted to enforce that too, like in the children he was around, you know, and it's like, this is the best it's ever going to be. And like, da, 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 da. And like, I, and again, I have no proof of that, but that's just kind of where my mind goes. There's something that was always missing with him and he never got it back. And it would explain if he's just so obsessed with like a very young adolescence that he wouldn't be interested in sex because that means growing up sex is an adult thing that you do yes you know and knowing that he would never have children of his own he and he probably felt really attached to these kids because when both of their parents died he was like yeah like you know you're you're going through something that I went through when I was young and now I can take you under my wing and like we can just be you can just be like a kid forever like there's probably a level of very much in (laughs) like um possibility going on with any kind of upbringing he was probably doing with those kids but I think there was probably a lot of a skewed a skewed viewpoint on what life is and probably heavily enforced like once you're after this point like he probably lost interest in them he probably was like life's not great anymore and I think he probably skewed a bunch of things for them so I don't I mean I don't think he did anything personally to them in terms of like I don't think he was like a pedophile. It doesn't sound like anything along those lines. I just think he had a very unhealthy attachment to being very young. Yeah. And instead of just being young at heart, he had to be young indefinitely. And like, how do you explain that back in those days? You know, or even like today, like how do you explain I guess today he could be someone who dresses up in a diaper and does that whole weird fetish, but (laughs) that's not a thing. So speaking of today's time, like, I want to quiz you a little bit. So who does does Barry, what celebrity does Barry remind you of? Oh, a celebrity? Like a a real life celebrity? Yeah. So I I will say he has, he's died now. So he's no longer. He did. He did. Michael Jackson? Yes. Oh, I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Thank you. I'm bad. Please. (laughs) I want to be like, and what is Michael Jackson's theme park? (laughs) Neverland. Exactly. So I think. A lot of those characteristics, like Michael Jackson realized that, like, I don't know if he knew about Barry's story or what, or just like the Peter Pan story too. It's almost like, I think some people also call it like a Peter Pan syndrome for people. It's like that never wanting to grow up, never wanting to be an adult kind of thing. But yeah, (laughs) when I started thinking about it, I'm like, wow, that reminds me of Michael Jackson, which of course, people also with him assumed it worse when he had the children over at his theme park and stuff like that. Nobody knows, like, ultimately, we'll never know whether either Barry or Michael Jackson were doing anything, but they really kind of reminded me like there are people out there that are just like this. And it's, I think it's a mental thing that, you know, maybe something that happened, like you said, during the childhood times or, you know, just periodically growing up as an adult. Um, but yeah, I was like, Oh my gosh, Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately I'm kind of like you, I don't think necessarily he was doing too much bad other than maybe just not raising them appropriately. Um, he was good in the sense that when he died, he did leave, I guess it's like the rights and stuff like that to a Peter Pan to a hospital, a children's hospital. So that, you know, all the proceeds and stuff like that would go to a children's hospital, which I'm like, oh, appreciate that. Um, and then another good thing was that Nicholas or Nico, the youngest one, he, he states that he, that there's no like bad in what he calls uncle jim he was just in it mm-hmm. he says he doesn't feel like he was ever 
aroused or sexual either with children, men or women. He, he thinks that he was asexual. Um, right. Now, the only thing I did find in my research was a letter to Michael um, Llewellyn Davies, which is the one that also, mind you, committed suicide with the lover likely. Um, the family does also agree that they think that they were lovers because I guess they were like him and that friend were like inseparable. Um, the, the only thing that's concerning for me was the letter that was, was posted. And this is from, um, a website called grunge.com, which is where I did some of my research. It says verbatim, it says, I wish I could be with you and your candles. You can look on me as one of your candles. The one that burns badly, the greasy one that is bent in the middle but still, hooray, I am Michael's candle. I wish I could see you putting on the redskin clothes for the first time. Dear Michael, I am very fond of you, but don't tell anybody. And that was from Barry? That was from Barry on Michael's birthday. Ew, that's a little weird. Yeah, so that's a little concerning. You know? Yeah. That's from, like I said, the source grunge.com. I... I want to believe that it sounds very creepy based off of just how obviously writing has changed over the years. So maybe some yeah. of the things that we think are creepy are referring to things in other ways. You know what I mean? Sure. But still just kind of, kind of makes you wonder too, because obviously what happened to Michael and what he did. Um, and it goes back and forth. Like Peter didn't seem to be a fan of Peter Pan's story or possibly bury even so, yeah, mm -hmm. on the other hand was fine with him so i don't know if it just was like the way barry treated each child differently maybe they each had like their own kind of opinions on him mm -hmm. I don't know, but that was the one thing that was like ooh, weird vibes nope i mean i think no matter what day and age it is anything that ends with don't tell anyone like well what is there to hide like what is so bad about this getting out you know what i mean yeah so Mm -hmm. so, That's an interesting point of view yeah so it believe like i said i'd be interested in doing a little more research too on a lot of like different disney um stories and stuff like that because like i said especially with the old ones disney did a really good job at like really just kind of putting the fairy dust on everything you know uh making right. it more of a fantasy but really like i think barry wrote a lot of these stories about what was going on in his life and what his fantasies were which could be possibly concerning like obviously but we'll never know i mean it was way back then um but it makes you think too like i want to do more research like cinderella like look how dark that story is too like it's literally <laughs> a child yeah. used and literally is mopping floors and is literally just getting beat on pretty much probably all the time and then all of a sudden becomes a princess mm -hmm. like because of a fairy godmother like these are, these are dark things like a lot of if you think about it, a lot of disney movies kind of are dark <laughs> oh yeah like um, I don't remember the entire story. But basically, the premise of Sleeping Beauty was like, um, it came from, I don't remember what, but it was a different country. And basically, the story was she fell into like a coma and um, the king became infatuated with her as she grew up because she fell into a coma when she was young and she could somehow she stayed alive. And when she became like a woman, he was so in love with her that he raped her in her sleep. And she got pregnant and like produced an heir all while she's like in this coma. And I'm like, that's disgusting it's like jesus christ yeah 
Yeah, literally, that's that's what I had in my notes too. I'm like, think of Sleeping Beauty and a child in a coma. Literally, uh-huh. unfortunately, there was, I don't know if you remember the news story in Arizona about something similar that had happened a couple years ago, it seems like, I think it was. You ever hear about that story? No. Um, There was like a, it was like a care facility where the, there was a woman that was basically, she was like in a vegetative state, um, ended up becoming pregnant, so wonder how that can happen yep and it ended up being one of the workers there so that was not good that was a couple of years ago here in arizona though so yeah definitely some some dark dark stuff when it regards to some of the early disney stories that disney's come a long way <laughs> <laughs> i love it though like that kind of stuff always interests me so that was a really fun uh i didn't know where you were gonna go with this week i was like i have no idea what she's gonna do so that was super fun yeah. uh, it was a little bit, there's a lot, a lot on it because everybody kind of has their own opinions, you know, so I tried to be as neutral as possible, you know, and looking at mm-hmm. some of the darker ones. So like some of my sources, like Grunge was obviously one of, Grunge.com was a, an article that kind of took more on like the darker tones. Yeah. Uh, and then I also did, I researched from a website called History by Day and I, that one was wonderful. Like they really kind of broke it down and biography.com. So I took multiple different stories um and different articles and kind of pieced together what was neutral enough but logically enough what makes sense I guess uh, okay. but yeah I I really I know you and I are both real big Disney fans like we do love Disney and I have no shame in that I know people are like oh, Disney but no <laughs> I, love, I love the stories and stuff like that but I also really love I know like you like psychology and really looking at the people and the writings and stuff like that and breaking down characters and stuff like that. So I thought this would be a really fun one to do. 10 out of 10. Great job, Shannon. Um, well, I know you weren't prepared last week, but do you want to tell people where they can find you? Where they can find us? Do you oh, want I'm to? I'm not prepared. <laughs> I have to write out a script. I'm not bad. <laughs> That's why I always keep it in my notes too. Don't even worry. But um, yeah, you guys can find us at TAKTV Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. You can also email us, uh, if you didn't hear me earlier, at taktbpodcast at gmail.com. Look at our website, which is takeakillertobrunch.wordpress.com. And also take a look at our Facebook page, which is Take a Killer to Brunch on Facebook. Um, and thank you guys so much for being here. Shannon, as always, it's amazing to have you. It's, it's amazing to not be the only one talking anymore. Like, I'll just be honest about that one. Oh, big news. The queen died. You're aware? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure everyone's talking about it. I'm sure everyone already knows, but like, holy shit, Queen died. I was convinced wholeheartedly she was a vampire and was going to live forever. Yeah, same. Um, she definitely made it almost to her 100th birthday, which almost kudos, kudos to her. But yeah, yeah, it was all all over the news every time I went to a patient's room the other day. All oh, over. yeah. But, but yeah. Bananas, man. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Well, I'm going to have to start keeping notes. There were some things that I, like, I wanted to talk to you about. It's like, oh, I'll wait till the podcast and then we can talk about it. And then I totally forgot about it. So I'm going to have to like keep daily notes of the things I want to like, just weird things that happen throughout the day just to chat with you about and be like, oh, I'll talk to her about it when I see her next. And then I forget. So I know I kind of ruined it. I should have told you about all my expeditions this morning. That I- <laughs> no, it's totally, no, it's totally fine. There were a bunch of other things that I wanted to chat with you about. And then I was like, well, if it was important, I guess I would have remembered, but it doesn't matter. We, we did, we did the thing. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say 
that Shannon is feeling at being an adult today. I mean, um, okay, here's okay. That okay, thank you. That actually was the one thing I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I have been thinking on this for like a really long time, and I haven't had a chance to talk about it with anybody. And I was saving talk with you, so it's super funny. I see it everywhere of everyone, like you know, our age or like who are millennials now, and even like Gen Z. I mean, shit, Gen Z is like mid twenties now, almost early twenties, and talking about how like when my parent was you know, my age, they have like a house and this and that. And it's like, I'm barely functioning as an adult. Like I don't know how to be an adult today or like anything that has to do with like thinking about what you, our idea of someone who is 28 or 29. And is like, when you think of that as not me at all, like on a good day, I'm like wearing pants, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, because our generation doesn't want to do that like our generation isn't like we're not like we're in the age of like when technology exploded right like we got to like enjoy all of that and so we're so open and we have so much communication and so much technology and everything at our fingertips it's so easy to find a collective group of people that has the same interests as you and because it is basically financially impossible to have a child like I saw somewhere where it was like um plants are the new pets pets are the new children and children yeah. <laughs> are the new are the new like plants like it's it so takes um the new exotic animals is what it was that's what it was they're the new exotic animals because <laughs> like you have to be rich to basically take care of children now and oh. it's like we can like us now we're spending all of our money on all the things we couldn't do when we were kids and we're indulging in all of our fun things that we couldn't do when we were children so it's like yeah of course we're not going to be acting the same way and doing the same things our parents were doing. I was like, that just isn't how it is now. And obviously like mind shifts change and like, you know, perceptions and like breaking down, like, um, not social constructs, but basically like social stigmas and like stereotypes of like, you need to be married, have kids and have a house and do the thing and whatever. Like that's not a thing anymore. So I was like, yeah, it's not going to be like that. So like, I don't know where that came from, but I was like, I need someone else to hear me to tell me that I'm not crazy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> literally no i i consider myself somewhat an adult because i own a house and i have a vehicle and i have a stable job i pay bills but still at the end of the day like i said i'm researching peter pan watching disney plus like hanging out with kenny hanging out with my dog my mom bless her heart love her to death i'll probably talk about her a lot just cries cries every day that i, I tell her that i'm not pregnant oh <laughs> <laughs> Well, she has a grand dog and she needs to appreciate that. Yeah, I know. That's what I tell her. I'm like, honey is awesome. And she has another kid. Go back to that one. I know. <laughs> not an only child, people. I am not. We'll, we'll we'll probably talk about that some other day. But yeah, I am not an only child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was a wonderful story. I am super excited because now I don't think anyone's ever going to listen to me. There's no one here hear you tell stories all the time, which I do too. Um, but next week I'm up. I have no idea what I'm going to cover yet. Um, so it'll be a surprise for you as much as me. And um, I hope you have fun on your guys' trip this weekend. I hope it's fun too. It's actually supposed to rain. So I'm like, ooh, if it's dark and spooky, <laughs> that's even better. Focus is not Awesome. Okay. Well, I will let you get back to it. I'm going to get back to it and I'm going to eat something. So if there's stomach grumbling in this audio, that's totally my stomach.
<laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh, cheers. Bye. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> I have to stop the recording.